It is truth. We thank you that we can lean into your word. We thank you for each person that you brought into this place to listen and then ask the question, how do we respond? And so spirit, have freedom in our lives today and help us to walk in the truth. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Well, happy Mother's Day. It's good to have you here. We're in 3 John. Last week, we went through the whole book of 2 John, and I did it so that in one sitting, in under 30 minutes, we could go through 166th of the Bible, and that's what we did. So now we're going to get into 3 John. It's going to take us three weeks because we can determine the pace, right? And we're gonna, this week, we're going to look at that introduction, and I thought on Mother's Day, especially verse 4 of our passage today is one that's so fitting for us. One of our parents even mentioned uh, 3 John verse 3 as that, or verse 4 as an inspiration to him as he leads in his family. And so we're going to be talking about that. So if you have your Bibles, open up there to 3 John. It's all the way to the end of the, of the New Testament. Uh, third John. And by the way, just want to let you know, we want you to have a Bible if you don't have one. So if you want to get up now and grab one, you can go and do that. They're at the wooden tables on each side of the entrances here. You can have it. And if you don't have one, keep it. It's our gift to you. If you have one at home, leave it so we can give it to someone else. Okay, let's take a look at third John verses one through four. It says this, the elder being John to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Okay, so this is the verse that if you could memorize today, this would be the verse of the whole message, and it's this. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Whether you're a parent, or whether you're an aunt or uncle, or whether you're a teacher, or whether you're just building into the people that God places in front of you each day, that God could use and build that legacy in each of our lives to leave that legacy of truth in the lives of others. And that's why our big idea of everything we're talking about today is there's no greater joy than to leave the legacy of truth in the lives of others. For me as a pastor, there's no greater joy. I am more convinced every year that I live that there's no greater joy than seeing people walk in the truth. And if I can just be honest, it's not just what happens in this room that gives me joy. Matter of fact, when I hear of stories of you leaving this place and walking in the truth and standing with Jesus during a difficult decision or following Jesus through a horrible season in your life, whether it's a relation, relationship that breaks up or, or that uh, just a financial struggle or a health struggle, for you to walk in the truth when you're not in church. Folks, that's what this whole passage is about. And that's the desire of a legacy, that when people are no longer with us, they're still walking in the truth. And, and to do that, before I, I share with you how to leave that legacy, I want to share with you just to, and get our minds around this joy. That's joy when your children or when the people that are in your lives, when, when they're walking in the truth. Okay, I had, I had some moments, defining moments of joy. Let me share with you. I have, we have three biological boys, and uh, one of them is named James. And he got married here five years ago, and I married them. I was the pastor who did that. And that was a joyous occasion. I was so joyful. I took out my cell phone, and I took a picture when they came up here. 
And what gives me joy about this picture is not just James and Brady. It's the people behind them. It's the people behind them that spoke the truth into their lives, that lived the truth before them, voices other than myself who lived in a consistent way and shared a consistent message about Jesus and the truth of God in their lives. I mean, uh, Cheryl wasn't in this picture. She was in the picture, but James's shoulder covered her, so I didn't get her. But I see my parents and Brady's parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and friends and relationships, and it just brought me joy at that moment. And since I love this picture so much, I took another one of my other son, Jack, when he got married. <laughs> and there I made sure Cheryl was in the picture. She's over on the right side or the left side there. And look at the joy in her face. And Joni Burkett is right next, uh, we're right off from Haley's uh, shoulder there. The joy in her face. People just with joy. I love those moments because my children at that point, God had, God had provided someone in their lives that was walking in the truth and they could walk in the truth truth together. Nathan, my, our third son, hasn't gotten married yet, but I remember a, a, a joyous moment when he graduated from high school. And he was our last child, and so we went from Nathan to nothing. And we, we just had, we just were, were empty nesters at that time. And Nathan went off to basic training shortly after this graduation. But I remember all the different men who came that day when we celebrated what God has been doing in Nathan's life. And each man got up there and spoke and saw what they see God doing in Nathan. Just a great time of affirmation. When I got up there, I just, I'm not a crier, okay? But I just broke down. I don't know. This is just the moment. I was just this ugly cry. <laughs> but because I realized uh, how rich I've been in relationship with my family. And I thank the Lord for that. You know what? I think you could have pictures that would remind you of joy like this. I think there are different people in your life who, who um, played a role in, in you walking in the truth. And, uh, or, or you even had children and there were other voices besides you as a parent just speaking into your kids and giving them a picture of the truth. That's a great desire of all of our children's and student ministries here, is that when, you're, when your kids are in our, our ministry, the same person is gonna follow them from first grade all the way up through high school graduation, hopefully, and they're someone who's going to live and practice the truth. But I wanna talk to you what, what it looks like for you to walk in the truth so that others, when they're not with you, will walk in the truth. That's the whole picture of a godly legacy in the lives of people. And it starts with the truth in me. The truth in me. In order to give the truth, you have to have the truth. And, and that's really when no one is looking except God. When only God is with you, are you a person who is open to the truth and receives the truth from him? This wasn't a foreign concept to John. John wrote this over and over. Remember when he said this? He said, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we, we, we lie and we don't practice the truth. That whole picture that he was writing first John was that there, there were false teachers and, and they were walking in darkness and they were pulling people away from the true message about Christ. And whether it was back then or even today, there's people who just don't think Jesus is anyone special apart from a good moral leader. And yet the New Testament provides him or provides this picture that he was fully God and fully man, that he was the way as he claimed in John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
And so they, they, he called them to the truth, but he called them to receive that truth first. In 1 John 2, 21, he says, I write to you not because you don't know the truth, but because you do know it and because there's no lie, no lie is of the truth. So he's really calling them away from deception, away from uh, a false doctrine into the true reality of who Jesus is. The truth in me. He would say, ultimately, there's no greater joy than to have the truth of Jesus in me. And this is something that John really knew. He started out in 1 John and said, that which we heard, I, that's what we heard about Jesus, okay? That which we saw with our eyes, we looked upon. That which we touched with our hands while he was living, and then after he resurrected, this will we proclaim to you. He was someone who just lived and received this truth from Jesus and then lived it himself. But it's so key. In order for you to give the truth, you have to have the truth. Because what you want, what you want to give, you, um, what you want to give to others must first be in you. Have you ever wanted patience in your children? Yeah, we've wanted patience in our kids. But then they do something, you go, man, will you grow up? You know, yes, because we're not showing patience, right? When we lose it, it's not in us to give. And so in order for us to give something, remember, we can't give what we don't have. And so I, I want to just, before I move on, every time we talk about the truth of Jesus, we want to offer it to anyone who might believe it. And I don't know um, if you know the truth about Jesus, but here's the truth. The truth is there's no way we can save ourselves. Most of the religious structures of the world are built around what you do, your part to get back to God. And biblical Christianity is all about what God has done to bring you back to him. And so Christians believe we can't save ourselves and that none of us, even though I can be better than you in some areas and you can be better than me in other areas, we all fall short of the perfection of God. And so... So Jesus saw that and, and came and he lived a perfect life, one we couldn't live. The truth about Jesus is that that perfect life then gave himself for us on a cross and he died for our sins to bring us back to God. And, and then that Jesus didn't stay dead, he rose again on the third day so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so the gospel is a simple message of we can't save ourselves but God did in Christ. And it's not in you trying, it's you trusting. It's not you doing, it's through you believing what's already been done. Believe in Jesus and you will be saved. Scriptures say over and over, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So I want to encourage you, if you, if you want that right now, there, there's no gymnastics you have to go through. There's no course that you have to take to get certified on this. You simply say, I believe. I believe, Jesus, that you are who you said you are and did what you said you did, and I believe that, and I receive that into my life. And if that's you, if you just did that, you receive the life he lived, the death he died, the resurrection he gives to defeat the power of sin and death in your life. That's the truth now, and now that you've received that truth, we're called to be at home with the truth. If you ever want to know um, the whole picture of what does it mean to be a wise person with the truth, it's not that you're perfect. It's just that your life has the pattern of changing to reflect the truth. So if you're a wise person, there's that picture of change. The foolish person would rather change the truth than change themselves. 
And if you ever have a foolish person around you, or given the moment, if you've ever been a foolish person, which I have from time to time, you just see this defensive posture that tries to make excuses, that tries to live your own way while not really following Jesus. And a Christ follower follows follows Jesus. The truth has to be in you first. But then the second angle of building a, a godly legacy is this, that that the truth will be with us. And that means when you're with others, you're living and practicing the truth together. Uh, This means when we're together, when we're together. And so John, again, was no stranger to this. In in 1 John 3, 18, he says, little children, let us not love in just word and talk, but also in deed and in truth. Do you see that whole fluid thing? It's not just what you know, although you can't grow in what you don't know. You've, you've got to know it, but then you have to grow in it and you have to practice it in your words and your actions, right? Because the truth has to be practiced. It can't just be confessed. That, that's, whole, that's biblical. Because in Deuteronomy 6, the people of God were called by, and, and uh, Keelan mentioned this in the child dedication time. She said, uh, she quoted this passage, that these words that I command you today shall be in your heart. That means the truth must be in them. And then look at how it is with them. You, you shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. In other words, as long as you're conscious, <laughs> you should be living the truth with each other. Because that's how the truth is caught by others. It's when you live that truth. Paul mentioned this. He said, what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. See, there's one thing to be in a classroom and for you to catch different truths about and knowledge, build and expand your knowledge base and even have discovery and joy in that discovery. It's another thing to leave a place like a classroom setting or a lab and actually go and do these things and talk with people about what they're struggling with, where they're tempted, the decisions they're making, the thought process, their truth claims that they have. And again, conforming that to the truth of God. That's that picture of being with. And and John is saying there's no greater truth, no greater joy than the truth of Christ in us when it's together. I remember when I first came to fellowship, one of my key values in life is I wanted to disciple a few guys. That's always what I wanted to do, just disciple a few guys, because we all can do that. And as a pastor, I didn't want to do something I wasn't calling everyone into. And so every one of us just called everyone to disciple. So I started discipling some guys. I, I remember Andy Vogel was in that group, and guys like Larry Skembry and Kyle Brown, who's right over there, and um, another guy named uh, Todd, and another uh, uh, Aaron Catlin was also in that group. And we meet on Tuesday mornings, and we go through the scriptures. We go through the scriptures together. But then we just started talking about, tell me about the difference God is making in your lives. What, what are areas you're being tempted to right now? What, what areas are you struggling to believe God and to follow him? And we could learn the truths of scriptures, but then when we integrated that into their lives, I mean, we all started to grow. And none of it was this mad, I mean, we didn't have any huge fireworks that went off every time we were together. It was just relationship. It was community together. And I remember one of them, Aaron Catlin, 
Aaron Catlin, I spent, uh, I was his pastor for 12 years. He had married his wife, Jessica, and they both were considering what would God have for us. They were both uh, having good jobs. She as a nurse and he as a, a, a lobbyist. And, and, and he decided, what should I do with my life? And so he started learning Chinese and thought of joining a company that was a multinational company that could go over to China and he could represent Christ as a businessman over there. Now just think about that. That's actually not where God moved them. He actually moved them into full-time service as a missionary in East Asia. But just from my time speaking and processing the truth with Aaron, I've seen God work in his life and move him to a place beyond me where he's doing that with others. And this weekend, the whole Catlin family came and stayed at my home. And there's Aaron and his wife and her, his four daughters. And I am hearing the truth of Jesus in his daughter's words right now, okay? So just, there's no greater joy than to hear of my children walking in the truth, my spiritual children. There's no greater joy in hearing their children talk about the truth of God in their lives. There, there is no greater joy than hearing that our children are walking in the truth. So now we have the truth in us, and they have the truth with us, and now we have the truth through them. In other words, this is the target. It's where they're walking in the truth without you. And we all want to come to that place because we shouldn't be prideful about this. We shouldn't be arrogant about this. I can plant, another person can water. Why? Because God causes things to grow. We've got to be okay with that. We don't want, just in the same way that you don't want a parent dependency on you, you want to go fly, butterfly, be free with your children, right? And instead, you might have a boomerang that comes back and lives in your home well into their 40s, okay? But that's not our desire. Our desire is to move them out so they can be independent and they can walk in the truth on their own. The goal of our children is not, you know, because I said so. No, we, we don't want that life. That may work at three, but it doesn't work at 30. Ultimately, they need to choose this on their own and live out their faith and walk in the truth. This is where there's great joy. I said, just as a pastor, my greatest joy is to hear stories of what's happening when you're following Jesus outside of this room and outside of this place or gathering, whether it's in your living room, wherever, wherever you're watching this from today. My greatest joy is to hear you walking in the truth. John mentions it. Look at verse three again. He says this. It's, for I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and they testified to your truth as indeed you are walking in the truth. Okay, so they didn't have social media back then. They didn't have email. They didn't have a, the, the telephone. They had just paper and pen or dried leather on, on, and, and ink. And that's how they communicated. And so if you can imagine this, John is hearing all this news that many churches are defecting and, and buying this false belief and compromising on Christ and, and robbing the gospel of all its power and calling it an enlightened mind or a new and refreshing new way to look at God. And his heart is breaking. So-and-so walked away. So-and-so walked away. That other group came in and stole them away. And so his heart is breaking. And then he hears, oh, 
but Gaius is still walking with the Lord. And -and so-and-so is walking with the Lord. And and she's still walking with the Lord. And that's why he goes, you are walking in the truth. That's why I rejoice greatly just to hear of your name, to hear of your name. That's what brought him joy amidst, amidst all this craziness that was happening in the world, that you're walking in the truth. That's our desire, that you would walk in the truth. There's no greater joy than to hear people you've spent time with when they're away from you are walking in the truth. So when Nathan was uh, in sixth grade, I got a whole bunch of his friends together, 11 of them all, and we formed something called the tribe. And it was ultimately something we were going to walk together following Jesus in junior high or middle school and then high school. And so I asked a bunch of Nathan's friends, uh, we'll meet one time a week, we'll meet in the morning, and uh, we'll go, you guys can go to school after, and we would take you. Okay, don't pull me over your cop. I think we had 12 people in my minivan that took him to school, but thankfully no one got injured. And I don't recommend that, okay? I don't remember, okay. But we just had a whole bunch of guys in this thing, and we, again, we started going through the scriptures, and we started talking about wisdom, And we went through the Proverbs and we went through uh, different passages and we started owning our faith. That's what we celebrated. Every time a young man in that group started owning their faith. And and we had a group of guys of 11 when they entered high school. And here's this group. This is down in my basement. And you see a guy in the upper upper left-hand side. Um, That's Caden Harms. And Caden was in our group. I had known his parents and he was a friend of Nathan's. And on October 31st, I presented the gospel in their seventh grade year and Caden put his faith and trust in Christ. And so every time October 31st happens, you know, that is Caden's spiritual birthday. And I was just one voice. There was another voice, like Craig Campbell was another voice in his life. But during this time, I became a voice in his life. And the kids, the guys graduated from high school, and some of them hung with this group. Others of them just lapsed from the group. But we didn't put any shame or guilt on them. We just said, hey, whoever wants to be a part of this can be a part of this. And then when they graduated from high school, they all went on a hike. And I remember that. It was about a year ago. There's Caden on the far right, well, second to the right, next to Nathan, my son. And and, uh, Caden came up to me a few months ago, and he said, Joe, Joe, I started the tribe. I started the tribe. And here, he's taken a group of sixth graders, and he's met with their parents, and he said, you know, someone did this with me. I'd like to do this with your sons over the course of middle school and high school. See, there's no greater joy, because I told these guys, we're going to end in high school, and after that, you can choose what you want to do with this. There's no greater joy than someone catching that vision and building into others. No greater joy. There's no greater joy than to leave a legacy in the lives of others. So on this Mother's Day, 2021, I I remember just in January of last year, my mom turned 80. And uh, her daughter and daughters-in-law, daughters and daughters-in-law took took her uh, to a place and they did different things that were fun But one of the key things they wanted to do is just be a blessing to her. And so every morning, one daughter or daughter-in-law sat down and they were all together. And this is what each daughter did on each of these mornings. They said, Mom, this is what I saw in you over my time with you. This is what I learned from you. 
And this is what I became because of you. And I just remember that. My, my wife came back and she, in tears. She was just saying, this was such a rich moment where, where we could say that to mom. But also, if you know my mom, when you spend with time with her, she usually says stuff like that. Hey, honey, this is what I see in you. With all of her grandchildren, this is what I'm learning from you. And, and this is how I'm changed because of you. This is the difference you're making in my life. And that because she lived that legacy, that legacy came back to her. There's something about how God does that, is that when that's your priority, it tends to be your greatest joy. There's a lot of places and a lot of activities where you can find joy, but there's no greater joy than to hear your children are walking in the truth. We're going to leave this place, and we're going to experiment with this. Because again, who we are when we're not here is more powerful than when we are here. Did you know that? In just a few minutes, and I'm going to stop preaching. I know some of you are getting hangry here, okay? So hang with me. Um, when, we, when, when I finish, God is going to take you. He's going to put you in automobiles or bikes, and you're going to leave this place. And if you could see it from, from 20,000 feet up, there's going to be these little, no, not tracking, but he's, the eyes of God are going to see you go all over this region, and you're going to have the opportunity to to walk in the truth personally, to walk with the truth relationally. And then God is going to move people away from you and you pray that they're going to walk in the truth, right? Because there's no greater joy than to hear your children are walking in the truth. Let's pray. Father, thank you for each person that you've brought to this place. And we thank you for inviting us into what you do through relationships, you help us walk in the truth. And being related to you now, we can have the truth in Jesus. And being related to our church family, we can live the truth with each other. And now that we, you move us out from here, every person you put in front of us, and Lord, help us to pay attention to the person you put in front of us, more than the person on the screen, uh, more than the next distraction or getting things Done. Help us to value people over, over products and, and live and walk the truth. And Spirit, may you have freedom to work in people's lives so when we're not with them, they're walking in the truth. As we profess, there's no greater joy than to hear that our children walking in the truth. We give you the glory. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Thank you, church, for being here. Have a wonderful Mother's Day. God bless you.